This is Mark Paradis, and this is The Path to the Divine Self. And I'm really excited because this week I'm kicking off a series of four episodes um, about a shamanic approach to Christmas. And this all kind of started when I was asked to give a talk at Soho House in Barcelona, um, which was called A Shaman's Approach to Surviving Christmas. It really got me thinking a lot about this topic. It was a topic I never reflected about before, but it actually really got me to think about it. And I realized that there's actually a lot around Christmas which um, can be very interesting when it starts to when we start to look at it from a shamanic perspective. So this is what um, the topic of the next four episodes is going to be. And hopefully it'll be something that can help you get the most out of this um, very kind of um, busy and uh, potent season of the year. So this... Episode series is going to be composed of four episodes. Uh, the first episode is the bonus episode, which is an introduction to a shaman's approach to surviving Christmas. Um, and then there will be three episodes, episodes 9, 10, and 11. And these episodes will be, first of all, how to handle crowds and big groups of people. Second episode will be a, shamanic, a, shamanic, a shaman's approach to managing your money during Christmas. And the third episode will be a shaman's approach to coping with your family during Christmas, my absolute favorite one. And so, you know, the, the base principle of all of these is that essentially Christmas time is a, is a time for real introspection. It's a time for looking inwards, for looking at our shadow, for looking deep within ourselves. And that's a, that's a practice that could really allow us to heal and grow and transform if we do it right. However, most of us during Christmas don't do that. We spend a lot of time outside with people and you know, experiencing things that are exactly the opposite of diving inwards. So so I'm not saying that we should be avoiding those things. What I'm saying is how do we stay with those things? How do we keep doing those things but integrate principles that could allow us to really go back to the root of what makes this period so transformative and potent and powerful for us on an individual basis? And in doing that, we unlock an incredible amount of transformative power and, and healing power for us to really grow. So... Let's kick this off. This uh, series of episodes will be composed of recordings from this talk that I gave at the Soho House in Barcelona on the Shaman's Approach to Surviving Christmas with a bit more notes. And there will also be a guided practice every week as usual for that. So, so yeah, so we're kicking off today with the bonus episode, A Shaman's Approach to Surviving Christmas, a general overview. And so check it out and uh, let me know what you think at the email in my website, markparadis.com. So before getting into the topic, uh, I just kind of wanted to take a second to talk about what is shamanism, because it's a concept that's kind of abstract, and I think a lot of different people have different ideas about what shamanism is and what on earth that might have to do with Christmas. A shaman is actually a bridge between this world and the other world, right? Because we live in this world where every day things make sense. Like, you know, there's cars, there's a club, there's streets, there's people, and, and you know, everything kind of makes sense in this dimension. But what happens is that there's also other dimensions that we don't experience in the same way, but that exist and that are affecting this one. And the dimension that's the furthest away from the dimension that we're in right now is the dimension of source. It's called the divine realm. It's where everything originates. It's this big undifferentiated uh, field of white light where uh, everything is one, essentially. And that's kind of what you were talking about, the oneness a little bit. And so what the shaman does is that shaman acts as a bridge, like you said, between where we are today and that realm, which is available to us. But the thing is that because of our day-to-day -day life and the conditioning and what we live in on a day-to-day -day basis, we've forgotten that connection. 
And so we need people to help us connect to that as well. And so that's what a shaman does. So a shaman is a healer. And the way that a shaman heals is by connecting to a person, by becoming one energetically, because shamanism is about energy, right? And so it's about connecting at one energetically with a person. And then what they do is that they connect with the divine realm or that realm of white light that I was talking about. And then what happens is that when they're connected to the person and they connect to the divine realm, see the divine realm, which is that source, the universe, or some people call it God, depending on what you believe on, that realm is able to tell right away, okay, this is what that person needs. This is what's required. This is what's needed right now. So we're going to send it or we're going to awaken it. So the shaman connects to the person. Like, let's say I'm connecting to my lovely friend, Michaela, and, uh, and then I connect to the divine realm and the divine realm via me can tell what Michaela needs and will awaken it in me. And because I'm connected to Michaela, it'll awaken it in her as well. And that's when the healing can happen. That's technically, and that's, that's what a shaman is, that's what a shaman does. And so shamanism is a form of, form of energy work. And this is kind of what sum, sums up shamanism for me, because shamanism um, has many forms around the world. You know, I've traveled around the world with various shamans doing various missions. I've been a shaman for about four years now. And, and there are many things and many va- variants. But what, I com- what it comes down to for me is this. Remember that you are God. And if you don't like the word God, that's fine. We could use words like source, the divine, universe, whatever it is that you connect to. Because the reality is that we are beings of the divine. We are being of this divine realm, beings of oneness, beings of light. But we've forgotten it because along the way things have happened. And with time, we create more and more a society which is far away from that idea. And so as we engage more and more with the society, we forget more and more. And what we, what we need is people to keep reminding us. So my bottom line is, if we could all just remember that we're God or the universe or whatever we connect with in that realm, everything would be fine. But the problem is that even I tell you and you might go, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. But the part of you that's in doubt of that, it's, it's the part of you that needs to work. And that's the shadow stuff because it's the shadow stuff that we carry that carries all that doubt for us. Yeah, so that's kind of what shaman, shamanism is and shaman work is. So shaman work really, really is about looking at your shadow and when you look at the shadow to really kind of unlock, unlock the, the light, the energy that's available to us. So if I say to you, for instance, you know, so shamanism is a type of energy work. If I say to you that we are energy, that's a concept that people are comfortable with, familiar with. Does, does anybody kind of go, oh, I don't know about that? Because it's been proven by science, been proven by quantum physics that we are, the human being is energy. If you look at the energy, if you look at a human being uh, on a, under a really, really strong microscope, you'll see that we're essentially made of atoms. And these atoms are essentially made of empty space. That's essentially energy. And that's what makes us all one. Because of the fact that we think we have limits, because we're, you know, we see a part of us that seems to be divided by, from everything else, from everyone else. But the reality is that we are all one. And what unites us is the fact that we're energy. When we realize that we're energy, essentially we realize that we're all part of one massive energy field, which is one. So I, I want to give you a bit of an example of that. I don't know if I have one volunteer, uh, one brave and courageous volunteer who wants to help me. Pr- you, come on down. You're going to help me show this crowd that, uh, that we are energy. So could you stand a little bit further down, please? So I'd like you to just take a second to intentionally just connect with me, just intend to connect with me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use these dowsing rods to show you the energy field. What's your name? Victoria. Victoria, nice to meet you. So we're going to connect energetically. And I'm going to ask to be shown Victoria's energy field. 
Okay, well, that was easy. <laughs> so, you, so could you step back a little bit? Because I'm, I'm a, a bit more, please, a bit more. As far back as you can, it seems. <laughs> okay, so you see what happens here is that the, um, her field is actually quite big. But do you see that there's something like the, the closer I get to her, the more there's something pressing on these rods. And what that means is that this is pretty much the limit of her energy field. Because as I get closer to her, it's pushing on my rods. What does that mean? It's fantastic. You have a very big energy field. <laughs> normally, it would, it would really be a meter and a half norm, normally. So you're, you're quite, yeah, very strong energy field. So thank you for that. Okay. Well, so what I was just doing is showing that although we have a physical being, we also have an energy being. The same way that the Earth has a physicality, the physical Earth that we can see, but it also has an energy field as well. I mean, how, does that, how do those pick it up? Uh, okay, well, how they pick it up is that essentially what these things do is that they can measure micro-movements that happen in my physical body. And so I ask my physical body to react when it can sense Victoria's energy field. And so it reacts, but in a really subtle way, but the rods can pick it up and they move as a result of it. So it can, be, it, can, it can be for anything. It can be for anyone. Like I could even do it for this crystal that's on this table here. I don't know if anybody can, if everybody can see it. I'll probably be able to see it again. You see how the closer I get to the crystal, the more something's pushing and the further I get away from it. So it goes to show you there's something around this that's beyond the physicality of it. So what that means is that we're one <laughs> because we don't, the limits of our physical being are, or the, the limits of who we think we are, 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 not, are not what we think. That's the bottom line of what we're getting to here. So now that we've established that that's kind of what shamanism is about, at least my version that I'll be talking about today, the next topic is what is Christmas? This might be an easier question to answer, but I'd like to just kind of understand conceptually from people like what's, what's your concept of Christmas? Like what comes to mind or what's the, you know, your feeling about Christmas? Different people view it in a different way. Does anybody have something they want to? Family. Family. Cool. Yeah. Number one. Kids. Religion. Religion. Interesting, yeah. Ritual. Ritual. Ah, yeah, great. Tradition. Tradition. Food. Food, lots of food. Consumption and consumerism. Yeah, that's the one. Consumption and consumerism, absolutely. So what is a shamanic approach to Christmas and how, how do we link the two topics? So this is kind of how I see it, right? This is Christmas, like, this is, what, this is what we look at and we go, oh, you know, this is what Christmas should look like. This is the idea we have of Christmas. And this is where it all kind of goes horribly, horribly wrong, right? Actually, this is where it goes horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> it's just amazing what you can find when you look up Christmas tacky online. Like, there's tons of really good shit, I promise. So this is Christmas, right? And like I said, this is kind of where it all starts to go horribly wrong, Right? <laughs> But, but why is it that Christmas goes horribly wrong? And, and why is it that we have this kind of image of Christmas that sometimes turns into something like this or like this, right? That's, I've had a few Christmases that have looked like this personally, usually when I'm visiting my parents. And so why does it go so horribly wrong for so many of us? Because actually Christmas is supposed to look like this. That's the problem. 
is that we, we think it's going to look like this. <laughs> we, it ends up like this because it's actually supposed to be this. And so what do I mean by that? And where is this coming from? Let's go back to the basics, right? So we, someone said that Christmas was about religion. So Christmas essentially was created as a holiday to commemorate the birth of Jesus Christ. Right Now, apparently, the truth is, or apparently, it's said that it's actually unknown whether uh, Jesus Christ was actually born on the 25th of December or not. Apparently, some historians and some scholars have been looking at the Bible very closely and said, actually, looking at the facts, it would have been spring when he was born. So it doesn't make sense. Like, why did we put his date? His date of birth as 25th of December was actually declared in the 3rd century B- uh, a- a- AD uh, by the Pope at the time. And it was like, there, there really wasn't any founding for it. And so the question is, why would we have decided that Jesus' birthday or the day Jesus was born was on the 25th of December, if actually according to the, what's written in the Bible, it should have been spring? Because according to the way that they talked about the shepherds and the way that they were sheep, feeding their flock of sheep, it should have been, it should have been actually that he was born in, in spring. Well, the reason for that is this, is the solstice, is that... The solstice happens on the 21st of of December, and it goes on for a few days. It extends until the 23rd of December. Now, the solstice has been uh, celebrated for thousands and thousands of years before we even had a concept about Jesus Christ at all. And so, therefore, um, what they did is that they decided to, they created this idea, apparently, that Jesus Christ would have been conceived on the spring equinox, 21st of March, and would have been born on the 25th of December. But all of that is just kind of something that apparently was just made up to fit along the lines of the solstice because the story fits well, right? And so, but why would that be? Now, let's look back at it. Like, what is Jesus Christ? What, what is the story of Jesus Christ? Well, Jesus Christ came onto earth. He was sent onto earth by God to be an example of God's consciousness on earth and to show humanity what we could achieve if we were to reach our highest potential. We would be kind people, we would be good people, and we would make miracles happen around us if we were to step into the consciousness of God. Remember what I said earlier about us being being God. So if we stepped into that consciousness, we would be like Jesus Christ. We would walk and the waters would part and breads would multiply and fish would multiply and you know we would be constantly abundant. Right, and so that was kind of like the idea of Jesus of, of Jesus Christ, and that turned into Christmas. But so, what does that have to do with the solstice? Right. Well, what is the solstice actually at all? So, the solstice is scientifically it's a it's a it's a concept that's related to the cosmos, but it's essentially when the time the time of the year that the sun is at its lowest point in the sky. And so, what that means is that it's the darkest day of the year. And that from that day on, the light begins to reemerge, right? And the light carries wisdom. The light carries life. And so for thousands and thousands of years, before Jesus Christ even came along, the solstice time was the time for us to die, let go of what it was we didn't need anymore and rebirth and come back to life with what it was that we did want or that we did need. So it was a time to let go what wasn't needed and come back and to make space for what was really needed by us, for what was really needed to be, uh, to be in our life. And so the solstice is a time of, of death and rebirth, but it's also a time of energetic intensity for this reason, that it's this, it's this time where energy frequencies on earth are really powerful. And remember that we said that shamanism is energy work. So it's really kind of fascinating how all this comes into play. Um, when you think that essentially... 
that we kind of created this thing that was aligned to these um, to these holidays, um, and so it goes back to this that the human being is an aggregate. This is kind of like my main kind of thought here. The human being is an aggregate of an energy field which is connected to everything in existence. We are one. So we're all one, like I showed earlier with Victoria and her energy field. But what that means is that if we're all one, it means we're also all one with the earth. It means we're also all one with the universe. And if we're all one, it means that what's happening in the universe is happening to us as well. So if the universe and the earth is going through this renewal process of, okay, well, this is the time for darkness and then to emerge into the light, that means that's happening for us as well. Which is why we should be, during this period of Christmas, of solstice and all this, it should be a time of introspection. It should be a time of looking inwards, of figuring out what's in our shadow, of figuring out what we want to let go, and to make space for something new as a result of it. So that's kind of, yeah, so that goes back really to the principle. By the way, does anybody know the, the three gifts that, there were, that were brought to Jesus Christ? <laughs> exactly. Very good. So incense, gold, and mirror. And, and uh, incense and mirror are both types of incense, actually. So it's interesting to know that because at the time, uh, incense was rare and it was precious. And so when you think about it, it's kind of interesting. This could be a good time of the year to also take out our incense and make sure we use incense regularly as well. Thank you for that. Now then, looking at the more modern idea of, of Christmas... Right. So does anybody know this movie? It's a Wonderful Life. It's kind of like probably the most famous Christmas movie ever. Um, and it's interesting because you kind of look at it and you think Happy Christmas and all of that. But do you remember the story of this movie? Does anybody remember the story of this movie? Yes. Yeah. The protagonist tries to kill himself and his garden angel finds him and goes, what the hell are you doing? And shows him what the world would be like if he died. And if he killed himself. It's kind of interesting here because we're talking about diving inwards. We're talking about this moments of pain and anguish and seeing our shadow. And that's kind of what was happened, happening to the protagonist of this movie. There is something energetically going on. Has anybody here been feeling weird lately? I have. Yeah, there's, there's, this is a time of, thank you, thank you, yeah. There is a time of, it's a time of energetic intensity at the moment. And it isn't always pretty, you know? So, so that's the thing. Like, it's a, di- it's a time for us to dive inwards, <laughs> But instead, what we're doing is we're forcing ourselves into these parties, gatherings, crowds, spending, holidays, blah, 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 when in fact, which leads us to this because we should essentially be doing this. All right. I hope that you've enjoyed this first clip on um, an overview of a shaman's approach to surviving Christmas. And um, so do check out episode nine, which is the first episode of uh, the series of three, um, which is how to handle crowds, how to handle uh, the cultural context during Christmas. Um, and also check out the guided practice that goes along with that, which, um, which will be um, also included on the same page. And also... Um, If if ever you want more about um, the whole topic of finding space, which is talked about in in that episode, you can check out episode one of this podcast series. Um, And also check out other events happening um, online and potentially in your area on my website, markparadis.com. And I constantly post new articles and and things that might be interesting as well if you find this uh, topic interesting. So once again, um, enjoy the episodes of this series and the guided practice. Thank you.